Nice. I haven't said it yet. Oh, shit. You were listening to the Give Me Five podcast. Nice. Not not yet. <laughs> Episode number 169. Nice. Do, do, I, do I say it now? Yes. Side A. Nice. Rock Almost like you haven't been around dudes, Rob. <laughs> or yourself. Yeah, yeah, or yourself. <laughs> nice. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. This is a side A episode, which means we will talk about pop culture, entertainment news, movies, music, books, the Florida, the Florida, the Florida. And whatever else caught our eye this week. The boo! The boo! <laughs> I am the Hampton Roads ham tickler. And I am joined by the Jacksonville butt baby. Butt babies don't live. And the Monroeville man handler. I will handle all of your mans, but only <laughs> in Monroeville. This week, we're going to talk about the long-awaited film, Psycho Goreman. We're going to talk about WandaVision. Yeah, we are. The Apple-exclusive Greyhound. And the Netflix series, Fate. Yeah. Sure. Let's do Why that. Not? What the hell? Rob, that you are on spoilers. No, no I, I am on spoilers. You're right? on spoilers. I'm on spoilers because you had to pick next week. Are you bumping me next week? I don't know. We'll figure it out. This happens to be a review show. We review things. In the process of reviewing things, we may spoil some stuff. Oh, we're going to spoil some stuff. We try not to spoil stuff because some people out there... We eat gold mayonnaise. Yes. With some, I think mayonnaise is fine after three weeks. I don't know. I don't need it. But anyways, we try not to spoil stuff because some people out there, and we will refer to you as bitches, complain. So, Three week uh, just be aware that stuff may get spoiled. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, Greg and his mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is mayonnaise. Nice. Sometimes for dinner, I just eat handfuls of mayonnaise. We have the exact opposite taste palette, I think. I think we do. Yeah, really. You like pickles, I hate pickles. You like mayonnaise, I hate mayonnaise. Greg likes penis, you don't. Correct. I don't like penis. I love penis. Thank you. Then you're going to love our Florida story for this week. Oh my God. We have news. Guys, have you seen the Godzilla vs. Kong trailer? Actually, no, but I am going to tag onto your news in a second. So tell us what you got. Well, this is more of a question than anything else. Finally, we have a trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong. That film is directed by Adam Wingard, director of the Blader Witch 2016, Death Note, and one of my personal favorites, Your Next. Now, Rob, what do you think of the trailer? All right. So it it looks like it is. It looks like it's in danger of being simply a gratuitous monster fest. Special effects lacking on story, lacking on anything other than. And you know that may be exactly what we want. We may just want to say, "Hey, put Godzilla and King Kong in an arena and let them go at it for an hour." And we'll watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But a... don't. My biggest complaint about movies like that is don't 
feed me a sham of a story and expect me to accept it. If you're going to attempt a story, you better attempt a story. If you're going to shove all this other bullcrap down my throat, you better make it taste good. I'm looking at you, Greg. Um, <laughs> Greg shoves bullcrap down your throat? Okay. But handfuls, handfuls of it just shoves it. Um, if that's fine, if you're going to make no semblance of an attempt at a story, just don't make ma- don't make any assumptions that I'm going to appreciate the story if you just kind of half-ass it. I just want, uh, you know, I want Rob to stop typing with his loud-ass keyboard. That's what I want. I wasn't typing. Yeah. I was playing, playing with, the, with the with the keyboard holder. Oh, yeah. Don't do that. Uh, I uh, just want monsters to fight. <laughs> but, um, and then it, here's the thing. I, I want monsters to fight. I'm going to watch monsters fight. I'm going to be super excited when I, well, probably when I sit on the couch watching monsters fight. And then we're going to have to cover it for the podcast and be like, yeah, there wasn't much of a story, but I really liked the monsters fighting. And then I will forget everything about the movie after the fact. Or it'll be one of those things where, and this this is where they would get into trouble. They would throw this shitty story in our face and make us wait an hour and 20 minutes for the monsters to get it on and then give us five minutes of monster fight. Don't put that evil on me, Rob. I swear to God, I will riot. I will throw shit at the screen. I'll probably, probably be watching it at my house, so it'll be okay. <laughs> it'll be your actual feces <laughs> at your own television. Fuck this. <laughs> what is this <laughs> bullshit? Throwing turds all over the place. Uh, let me tell you what I think this movie has already proven um, that it, it won't do. And why I'm excited about it more than anything else is because every battle that uh, it, it that has been shown in the trailer so far, you can see the combatants. Now, a few years ago, uh, a, a lot of these battles may have been at night. You know, uh, Pacific Rim did that. It was a huge problem with that film. So or the battles focused from the point of view of the people on the field running away from the giant monsters, and all you saw were their ankles. True. Yeah. And, building, and buildings falling and yeah. plumes of dust. And I'm like, I don't want to see this shit. <laughs> Show me the monsters. Yeah. This looks like a lot of fun. I think Adam Wingard is, is a, a special kind of talent. He's also a full sale alum. And. I think he'll do it justice. I, I think this is this is the right guy for the job, and I think it looks fun. It, just give me monsters fighting. Give me give me a decent story. Kyle Chandler's in it. Um, he was in the the last Godzilla film, and I, I think they're really mixing the cast. So at, at least the acting will be good. Mm-hmm. Now, now, whether or not Godzilla or Kong are very good actors, we'll see. Now. Correct me if I'm wrong. And I could just be remembering the movie completely incorrectly. In the last Godzilla movie, wasn't Godzilla kind of a, a benevolent? Dick. Well, no, no, no. He wasn't like just right. going in. No. Sorry to cut you off. I don't mean to. Having watched the trailer a few times. But you know where I'm going with it, right? I do. I And I was like, why are they fighting? Like, but... There is a line in there where they say something has set Godzilla off. Godzilla is hurting people, and we don't know why. So I think they employ Kong to to stop it. They feel like they need to kill him because he's he's gone bananas. Yeah, Godzilla had a bad breakup with Ghidra, and he went to the bar and drank it a little bit too much, and is now like outside punching trees and knocking down buildings and right. So <laughs> in this, in this, something's wrong with Godzilla. So yes, and it took me. I had to watch the trailer, and, and I had to watch it with headphones because from the, from the trailer, it was very obvious that Godzilla is the villain. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Godzilla so, has an impacted bowel in the the middle of the movie. It's going to be King Kong reaching into it and pulling out like a bus. And it's and then Godzilla's like, "I feel better. I'm sorry." Well, I wrote the movie. We, there you go. We know what Greg wants from. And Godzilla looks at King Kong and goes, "Oh, maybe I should have tied a tab on that or something." Oh my! Oh my! So March thirty first. Very looking forward to this, guys. I have some. Wait, really- wait, hold on, I want to. I want to piggyback on that. Okay, I'm not That's just going to piggyback on it because right. Rob just invented the perfect gay Godzilla movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which sign me up? I'm buying my ticket now. Pre-order start now for gay Godzilla and the vibrating bus of doom. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what I want. But uh, speaking of the Godzilla vs. King Kong situation, there was a trailer that came out, and this was an HBO Max trailer. The trailer came out of Godzilla's butt. Did not, but had it come out of Godzilla's butt, I would still have watched it. It uh, show the this trailer was an HBO Max, you know, like sign up now kind of situation. Um, but it shows clips of uh, the new Space Jam movie, which actually looks at least it looks pretty. I don't. It doesn't show enough plot to let you know. It showed the King Kong versus Godzilla stuff. Uh, it showed uh, Tom and Jerry oh, clips. It actually showed real clips of Mortal Kombat. That's one of those uh, type of things that there's been so many fan films that whenever you see a trailer online, you never know if it's real or a fan film. Uh, the musical. In the Heights, it showed clips of Suicide Squad that hadn't been seen before and clips. I don't know if it showed clips of the new Matrix, but it did show the titling of the new Matrix. Mm. Uh, but it also showed a very small clip of Many Saints of Newark, which is the Sopranos prequel starring. Uh, 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 what's it? Um, yes. No, it's starring uh, uh, Tony Soprano's actual son, but I forget. Ed Sheeran? Ed Sheeran. No, not Ed Sheeran. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Uh, James Gandolfini's son, who I did not write down the name, but either way, him, and who obviously looks just like him. It is also going to star, there's some pretty good names in this show. Uh, Of course, it's created by David Chase, who did The Sopranos. That's a good name. uh, Directed by Alan Taylor, who did some of the originals. Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. It's a good name for, for, good name for Mafia. I know that name. Leslie Odom, who I love. Uh, Vera Farmiga. Wasn't he a basketball player? Leslie Odom? No, he was... Uh, that was Lamar. <laughs> yeah, no, Leslie Odom was uh, was Aaron Burr, but he was also in a bunch of other stuff recently. Aaron Burr. Yes, not that one. Uh, Vera Farmiga and John Bernthal, the the, uh, the Punisher, is going to be in that. I'm excited about that. Uh, you know, and it's... When I saw the release that Warner Brothers movies were going straight to HBO Max for the year, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I saw like this lineup of movies and it was like this, you know, I watched that. I watched that. I watched that. I watched that. And a cornucopia, if you will. Like, mm-hmm. but honestly, maybe two of these things would I actually have seen in the theater. I would have probably seen King Kong in the theater because I, I like big movies on a big screen. And I would have seen Matrix in the theater just, you know, for tradition. But everything Is- else I would have probably watched on video or on demand. Is and Afterlife one of those movies? I believe so. What about Afterbirth? That one's not. Afterlife, is that the one of the um, sequel to the uh, the horror series that begins with C? No. No? No. After, isn't Afterlife the name of the Ghostbusters sequel? No, I don't think that was in there. But the, what is it? I keep wanting to say the Concubine, but that's not right. What's that horror series that they've had like four of them? Like the nun or whatever, but begins with C. The Conjuring. The Conjuring. Yes, Conjuring. There we go. Thank you. Concubine. <laughs> we're, we're, we're making a movie right here. But anyway, that is, uh, you know, I was just really looking at She it. shows up out of the darkness and wants your junk. Yes. I, I was like, you know, I wouldn't have seen these in the theater, but I will absolutely watch them on demand day and date. So. Yeah, my mind is she wants to stay afterwards. (laughs) Shush. I'm sure there's been a movie called The Concubine, and it's probably not. It's probably French. It is not a horror movie. I well, (laughs) the '70s art house film might be a horror movie. Got to be. Okay, I've got some very good news regarding someone that we've covered um, on the show about a year ago. 
today, who was in uh, Dire Straits, it seems, is Mr. Sean Weiss, who played Goldberg in the film Mighty Ducks. Sean Weiss is celebrating one year of sobriety. All right. He looks so good. You guys remember that picture of him? Really disheveled, really just down on his luck. Sunken in fit. Emaciated, yeah. Having a really hard time. There's a picture of him on social media now. The dude looks great. So, that makes me very happy. It, That's some good news. It is. Some some definitely some very good news. Um new teeth, new lease on life. Dude looks good, man. It's it's uh very cool. Very cool to see. Awesome. I mean, if you see the picture, it's it, I will check it out, but I can't insane. do it right now. Yeah. Because it tends to screw up the recording. Now uh, a couple things started filming this week. Mm. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog Part 2 started filming in Hawaii. Yay. Pretty much the entire original cast intact. I still haven't oh. seen the first one. You should. You should see the first one. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Tell me what to do. You're not the boss of me. And watch it with your concubine. <laughs> uh, and also Thor Love and Thunder started filming, I believe, <laughs> in New Zealand. Sounds like a porno. <laughs> I'm sure that is supposed to. Uh, started filming in New Zealand. Man, there's a picture of it of the filming, and they uh, they did some traditional Maori dance that involved um, a traditional Maori dancer Maori dancer putting his forehead up against uh, Thor's forehead. I forget the actor's name. I'm not doing names tonight. Apparently, Hemsworth. Yes, there you go, Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. I should have known it was a Chris. Uh, putting his forehead up against Chris Hemsworth's forehead, and it freaked me out. I'm like, oh god, your guys are so close to each other without masks, but. You know, New Zealand hasn't seen a case of COVID in quite some time. Mm-hmm. So I mean, now it will, but um, they uh, pretty cool. Looking forward to that. And of course the filming will be interesting because of who is sure. uh, handling the filming. And he's really good on social media um, in giving little hints as to what's happening in pictures. And yet again, I'm going to forget a name. Jimmy, our favorite Thor uh, director. Taiko Waititi. Are you serious? I, I can't remember names tonight. Sorry. It's been Are a you having a stroke? Apparently. No, I've been on the phone with... Uh, Freaking Jesus Christ. I've been on the I phone with, like, with lawyers all day. Not for me, of course. Oh. But, so I'm, I'm, I'm broken and been dealing with like numbers and crap like that. So He's kind of drunk. No, not yet. Not yet. It's not doing what I want it to. Maybe he can get you drunk. So that's what I got. Drink it straight. Anything oh, else? God. Do we have anything else for news? I still don't have a PS5. Oh, man. Neither does uh, Tyler Lyle from The Midnight. He he was posting on social media trying to get one because he, he fell down while skateboarding and broke his shoulder or did something to his shoulder, but mm. had to... Had to uh, um, I guess quarantine after going to the emergency room mm-hmm. for two weeks, and he was bored, so he wanted to play a, P- a PS5 in his basement, but he couldn't. He couldn't find one either. So the guy from the midnight can't get one. Trying to use his celebrity, he was to get a PlayStation. Yeah, how dare you, sir? He's <laughs> like, I'd like a PlayStation. Do you know who I am? <laughs> no, well, guys. Do you know who Doctor Miami is? I do not. Do I know who Dr. Miami is? Is he someone pretending to be a doctor again? Is it Dan Aykroyd? It is not Dan Aykroyd. Did he move cities? No. See what I did there. Uh, he did not. However, this week's Florida story, WTF, is about Dr. Miami. Dr. Miami posted on his social media that he was offering penis enlargements for the measly cost of your stimulus check for $600. Now, this was on January 8th. I'm sorry, January 5th. Penis extension now $599.99. Now, I don't know how much that originally costs, But it seems as Dr. Miami was just playing a joke on the internet because it is unfortunately not true for reference guys an actual penis enlargement. 
costs upwards of $14,000. You can imagine the fervor. You can imagine how much people wanted to get their penises extended for just $300 for getting their meat extended, as it says in one tweet. Unfortunately, that news is not true. Dr. M- Dr. Miami has uh, successfully drummed up some more business, I'm sure. There's a receptionist that has gotten a call from every small dick dude in South Florida. Just, no, I'm sorry. That was a joke. But uh, we can take your name down, Mr. Small Penis. (laughs) Talking to you, Mr. Small Penis. Can Can you write small penis in big bold letters, please? <laughs> Mr. Micropenis. So that's what I've got. Dr. Salhauser, aka Dr. Miami. I mean, what what was the what was the the impetus to put that out there? I mean, why why would he I don't know. I mean, it's not like it was April Fools or anything. It was no, I guess he. Oh, you know what? Let's just make a whole lot of people really sad that they got little dicks. Yeah. Let's uh, let's offer this deal that isn't real. Yeah, for no reason. Unfortunately, other than to be assholes. Yeah, let's let's do that. The since deleted tweet uh, has got a lot of South Florida men very upset. So shame on you, Doctor Miami. You were the Florida story, Florida man of the week. You bastard. Getting up all those men's hopes and other things. Trying to get them up. Yeah. Well, so that takes us to our actual topics here. What do we want to talk about? Psycho Gorman, Greyhound. Well, let's talk about our Patreon first. Okay, let's. I'll do that. I like talking about our patrons. So do I. Jimmy's very excited about this because he just found out that it's fourteen thousand dollars to get a penis enlargement. So. So we need lots of... Uh... Yeah, we need, four, what's 14,000 times three? No, we actually, uh, our patrons don't go to enlarging penises. Well, they kind of do when they chat with us in our chat room. But we uh, have a Patreon, and our lovely patrons help pay for expenses such as a website. Yeah, please do podcastcom Come <laughs> into the chat room. No, there, there are no large penis pictures in the chat room. Just just for clarification. Recently, it's just been conversation about the Packers. Hey, guys, do you the, think I need one? I've seen this picture <laughs> in the chat room. What do you think, guys? No, no what? Stop. <laughs> we don't want that here. Yeah. So anyway, they uh, our patrons, they get to enter our Discord chat. They get a chance to help out the show, pays for website, pays for hosting, pays for our recording software, as well as what other things might come up. Uh, you guys get a chance to, uh, do, uh, we get, we do a birthday episode for you, which is fun. We get a chance to, uh, do a top five list. You know, our whole shtick is top five lists and, uh, mm-hmm. we do a top five list about you guaranteed to get you fired. And if it gets you fired, you don't have to be a patron for the next, next month. <laughs> but go. beyond that, like, what are you going to say, Greg? Yeah. So there are higher ranges available. And those, you get a bunch of other perks as well as uh, you get to basically uh, pick a movie for the episode. And you get to help join us and chat with us about whatever movie it is you like or love. And uh, we would like to thank Alec, our patron of Unusual Size. So, guys, if you are interested in joining our Patreon, it is patreon.com slash give me five podcast. It is a fun time and we thank all of our patrons immensely. Okay, so I'm going to go now, and I'm going to talk about Greyhound. Greyhound is... What? It's a movie. Not Greyhound. About? It is a movie. Nope, nope. I think there's only been one successful movie about buses. I believe that was Speed, correct? Is there any... About racing dogs? Yes. No. I will tell you about it. It's good. Greyhound, apparently it came out July 10th of 2020, which I didn't... Somehow missed that, but I'm not sure if that's the right date. I was directed by Aaron Schneider, and it stars Tom Hanks, Elizabeth Shue, Stephen Graham, Matt Helm, and Craig Tate. And this is available 
on Apple TV. Now, what Greyhound happens to be, it's a, uh, it is a World War II sea battle. A couple synopsis here. Uh, the two of them together kind of work well. Several months after the U.S. entry into World War II, an inexperienced U.S. Navy commander must lead an alloyed convoy, an allied convoy, being stalked by a German submarine Wolfpack. No, not the Wolfpack that you think, Jimmy. Damn it. Nah. Is it a one-man Wolfpack? Not that one either. But the other, uh, the other description that I thought was pretty good was U.S. Navy Commander Ernest Krauss, who's played by Tom Hanks is assigned to lead an Allied convoy across the Atlantic during World War II. His convoy is pursued by German U-boats. This is Krauss's first wartime mission. He finds himself embroiled in what could come to be known as the longest, largest, and most complex naval, ba- naval, naval, naval battle in history. The, uh, the Battle of the Atlantic. Now, <laughs> it's a naval battle! Yes. So this is actually, this is really good. I was, I've been... For some reason, every year, January, February, March, I kind of get embroiled in history. And I think a lot of it is when I when it comes time for present buying, what I ask for is books about history and documentaries and services that have those things. And I just kind of get hooked on it for a little while. Um, so it so this is, uh, you know, it is it is a ship uh Navy battle type movie with lots of battleships and lots of U-boats and lots of depth charges and things like that. But it, it really shows the scope of how these battles are fought and how uh, intense they are when it comes to not knowing what's happening, not knowing where the enemy actually is. And, you know, you have to kind of get like, just like battleship, the the game, you have to kind of guess where the U-boat is and what it's doing. And, I was just fascinated with the way it was done. Um, Tom Hanks has proven that he can command the screen and be like the one person on a screen. He did that with Castaway, of course. And he's in control of the basically the lead ship, which is called the Greyhound. There's where the, the name comes in. And he's leading these 37 merchant ships and some other um, destroyers and things. And at a certain point, very, very, like the movie gets right into it. He gets his commendation. He gets, he's leading all these boats. The uh, air cover gets to a certain point where it's going to run out of fuel if it stays with them. And it breaks off and it says, okay, you guys are on your own for five days. And they have to go um, past the, uh, where's the area called? The Black Pit in the middle of the Atlantic. Ooh, of despair. Yeah. And they have to, he has to try to get him there. And of course, at a certain point, some U-boats show up and there's, evasive maneuvering there's this kind of technology which obviously wouldn't work now and you you really think about the stuff like today where they'd have video cameras and different types of sonar and things like that and like they're hoping that a ping catches the the u-boat they're hoping that they can see with their eyes a periscope rise up in the middle of the ocean or a the little spray of like a torpedo going along the surface of the water Fuck and that. it's yeah. I was say, it's, at that point, it's kind of too late, isn't it? Um, if they if they see the spray from the torpedo, isn't it a little too late at that point? Now, there's you can see like the they're they're following like uh, the white line, like there are bubbles going along the thing, and they they kind of maneuver into the torpedo so that that's the the narrow portion of the boat rather than a broadside of the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets like. And it, it brings you right into it. It's it's a very, I think it's like somewhere between 79 to 90 minutes. It's just a very quick movie. It it flew by because you're like on the edge of your seat the whole time. Like, holy crap. They, <laughs> there's Tom, Han- it's interesting because Tom Hanks does, he's like, as they're maneuvering, as he's telling him what to do, he's like whipping around the ship and then like leaning out and looking through binoculars and going out the other side. And like, he's constantly moving. And they really showed this, the stress of things by in a couple ways that are kind of interesting at one point, like he keeps on calling for stuff that he needs because he can't leave the bridge. Cause he's like trying to control this battle. Um, he has to think about what his, like the other ships might be doing cause he can't reach them and things along those lines. But like at one point he takes off his shoes and they're like filled with blood because like he's been moving around so much and standing still so much that like his feet are all cut up. 
Um, and then another, there's an, another portion where it just shows that he hasn't been like, like eating his food. He's basically just been living off of coffee, which is basically what I do too. But um, it was, it was like completely engrossing. Like I, I put it on. I was like, Oh crap. That's over already. It was, it was really good. Um, what else do I want to say about this? Uh, of course the U-boats, there's, there's a couple sequences, you know, where you at the certain point when, when they finally do get the U-boats, cause there's at one point it's frustrating as hell. The U-boat um, surfaces really close to the, the battleship. So they can't get to it. Like they can't hit it. Right. And Without damaging themselves or they, it's, the guns don't go down enough. Right. So it's there. And then another, there's another ship across the way that can't get to it. And like, there's a lot of that where it keeps on surfacing and they can't really hit it. And then at one point it surfaced near the other ship and it turns its guns on the, the first battleship and kills a bunch of people. And it's just you know, like, ah, and when they finally get it in their sights and blow it up, you're kind of like, yes. Uh, they do a really good job of showing. We shot 16 of our own ships to get it. Exactly. Sunk. 38 merchant vessel, vessels. But... my battleship. <laughs> yeah. Now they, uh, there's some, uh, some really great, great scenes of, or there's some interesting scenes where they show like who Tom Hanks's character is. Cause he, you know, he'll like when he first gets on the ship, he puts up like a little prayer card. And every time he like, whereas we're kind of celebrating the Nazis getting killed, he kind of is upset that he had to kill someone because it should, but he doesn't, he never is outright. Like I'm a religious man. Like they never have to say it. Because like they're like you know oh, that's fifty four less krauts that we have to deal with, and he's like yeah but that's fifty four less souls on this planet. So like he has he has like a kind we of a more key. Than hmm. We got more than enough. Yeah. Wow. Says the says the medical professional. <laughs> I have concerns. Uh, so this I I loved it. Um, it you know kept me very occupied uh, for for that evening, and I was a little sad to find out that. The story itself wasn't a real story, although it was based on it took place during a real event, but that particular ship didn't exist. That particular captain didn't exist. It's based on a book from the, I guess, 1950s, maybe called The Good Shepherd, a CS4 story. And uh, if you have Apple TV, I highly suggest watching it. Um, I think Apple TV is like six bucks a month or five ninety nine a month or something. It's actually worth it just for that one month to watch this and then uh Ted Lasso, and then you can quit if you want. Can you get a trial? You can. And the and the graphics, uh, which you know, to make a movie directly for TV that includes ship battles, the the graphics look great. The computer, the CGI. There's a lot of money behind that. They got a lot of friends. Yep, I believe it's a seventy million dollar picture. Wow, it better look good. Yeah. Well, that just buys shoes for Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah, because he's filling all the other ones with blood. <laughs> yeah. So that Tom is... Hanks needs new shoes. <laughs> There's an episode title. He's fine. Yeah, he's he's, he's doing fine. fine. He's doing just fine. Well, Greg, thank you so much. I am really looking forward to that. What is it? Oh, it's is it time for Psycho Gorman? I want to hear about that. Mm, I think it's time. It's time. It's time. It's Psycho Gorman time. Finally, the film that I've been re- reminding you about every week for the past few weeks. And I still managed to forget about it the day that we were going to go. Yeah. <laughs> that day, Rub's like, do I need to buy tickets? I said, it would be advisable. I'm getting ready to leave. I'm like, am, am I going to see you there? He goes, oh, shit, I forgot. So, uh, you still have a, you still have tonight and tomorrow night. If you want yeah, to go see it. Um, however, you can get it on demand. Last time I checked, I believe it was $5.99 to rent, $14.99 to purchase. Psycho Goreman was released on January 22nd of 2021 this year, directed by Stephen Kostansky, director of The Void, Manborg, and Leprechaun Returns. The movie stars Matthew Nenebert, Kristen McCulloch, Adam Brooks as 
Greg, Nita, Josie, Hannah as Mimi, and Owen Meyer as Luke. Was that three people who played Mimi, or is that one person with three names? It's uh, one person with three names. Nita, hyphen, Josie, Hannah. They're all first names, too. She plays the, the little girl that you see featured in the trailers. After unearthing a gym that controls an evil monster looking to destroy the universe, a young girl and her brother use it to make him do their bidding. Accurate, without giving too much away. But I will tell you, if you look for anything beyond what you see in the trailers, you might be a little disappointed. Now, we talked about Godzilla versus Kong as that monster battle that that's what you want. There is a lot of monster battling in this, which might not be as evident from the trailers. Okay. So it, you know, looks like on the surface, a lot of just little kids telling Psycho Goreman what to do. That's a part of it, yes. But Psycho Goreman still has his sights set on galactic destruction. And he's trying to find his way out of their bondage the whole entire time so that he can continue destroying every planet and life as we know it. Greg. Would you say the end of the world as we know it? Yep. And I feel fine. Excellent. Now, uh, a comment that I had seen on this, which was very accurate. I believe I, I asked a friend if he was going to see it. I don't know if he has yet. I hope he has. But he said the the main character looks like a Power Rangers monster. Okay. And yeah. That seems accurate from what I've seen as well. Um, and for all of the other characters that are in it, it's practical effects heavy with the majority of the visual effects coming in the form of electric fields, explosions, things like that. Uh, it has a very Turbo Kid vibe. It's like Turbo Kid meets a Guar video. I, I think that's the best way I can describe it. Uh, who, From the images I'm looking at right now, that seems very accurate. Guar. Some people say Guar. Is a uh, heavy metal band. No, <laughs> heavy metal band where the members have uh, worn very large costumes. Um, I think they look great. And there are a, a lot more. There's a lot more of that than the trailers reveal, which is a very nice surprise, other than just the, the hijinks of the little girl telling Psycho Gorman what to do. There is a, there's a little bit of a story there. And as I was saying, Greg, who plays Mimi's dad, really kind of steals this for me because he's just this incredible... As all Greg should. Yes, because he is incredibly awkward. Fair enough. And as they are. Full of, full of dad jokes. Yep. And Go on. Does, yeah. um tries so damn hard to get out of every situation that requires any kind of effort. Um, that one, eh. Comically so. So, I I love this film. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was really special to see it at the Indian because I haven't been to the Indian in such a very long time and I've got to tell you guys that they they made some great precautions. I never once felt like I was too close to anyone. Uh, the service is fantastic. The Indian, as we've talked about, is a local theater here in Orlando, which we all we all love so very much, and we uh, we hope uh, continues to do well. If you have the opportunity to see Psycho Gorman in the theater, you definitely should. If you can't. Uh, make sure you have the volume turned up really loud because it's it's loud, it's 
funny as hell. Um, probably funnier than than I expected. Okay. <laughs> this television won't stop bleeding. Just deadpan, you know. Um, great stuff. So definitely check it out. I'm I'm trying very hard not to say too much, but uh, that is Psycho Goreman. Is out in theaters and on demand right now. Hmm. Well, perhaps I should jump in with a little bit that I have about a new series on sure. Netflix. Netflix has so much stuff that's just like coming out that I had no idea. I hadn't heard anything about it. I'm like, oh, what's this? Hard to keep up with. Yeah, well, and and I came across a movie just today. I was I was trying to watch another episode of the series I'm talking about, and there's a new movie out that is it's already like number seven or something for today. Uh, Over the Wire, starring what's his face from I watched Winter that last week. I watched that last week. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> did you did you talk about it last week? No, I was. I'm was I not here? No, I didn't. But I watched. I watched it. Uh, when I was down in Boca two times ago. All right. Week. Well, maybe I'll watch that this week and we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. I very much enjoyed it. Go on. But I can't Anthony remember. Mackie, by the way, is the that, yes, that's correct. And I, anytime I think about Anthony Mackey, I always think about the, the celebrities me, reading mean tweets about themselves. And the, the, one of the only ones I remember is, is Anthony Mackey reading a tweet about himself where he says, Anthony Mackey is probably just mad because he looks like an aardvark. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he, he finishes reading the tweet and he looks up at the screen like, what? <laughs> and, and that's, the, and only, I, that's the only one that's stuck in my head. And Jimmy and I, whenever we think of Anthony Mackey, think of what? The student who just wants to punch him in the face mm-hmm. we had a student that was that hated him for some reason i yeah. believe we had i believe that student was in our class when endgame came out hated him. he was like mm-hmm. he has the most punchable face ever and i'm like there are so many more people i would put on that list in fact we almost did a top five question about that but it would get too political and we probably end up in prison so we didn't so, anyway continue tell us about your your show but i came across this new show and I was I was a little interested because you know I like the the magical stories and the the whole fantasy vibe. And I came across this show called Fate: The Winx Saga, and it involves a group of fairies who do stuff. And I was like, eh, this this has some potential. After watching two and a half episodes, I've come to realize that it's essentially. Twilight meets Harry Potter. Um, but it's also based off of a, I believe, a Nickelodeon cartoon. Is that right? It's 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 based off of a cartoon. And they've they've basically, I, I don't want to say adulted it up a little bit, but they've definitely teened it up a little bit. Because I don't know that it made it all the way to adult. I think it's stuck somewhere firmly in the teenage drama kind of magical whatever but it was created by brian young it of course is available on netflix and it's based on the winx club which is the cartoon and it stars abigail cowan elisha applebaum hannah hannah vander vent oh god vander west heis heisen excellent nailed it (laughs) nailed it as well as Elliot Salt, Freddie Thorpe, Sadie Silverall, Jacob Dudman, and various others. It's an ensemble cast. But of note, Abigail, Abigail Cowan, I didn't realize, was in another series that I watched that I very much enjoyed, and that was Sabrina. She played Dorcas in Sabrina. Yes, her name was Dorcas. Good old Dorcas. But basically, the story is is Bloom, who is the main As, character, uh, someone whose last name is Marcus. The words Dorcas hurt deep because be you know. Such a bitch. They do. That, that was the unoriginal nickname that I had, I believe, through middle school. 
Excellent. Also, the word mucus, not so good either. Just saying. Well, you deal a lot with mucus, though, don't you? You were muted for that. <laughs> Ugh, did he make a nasty noise? Yeah, he did. He, did. Ew, he, did. he snorted his mucus. I, did. I, I made it sound like I was like a 85-year-old Jewish man. He totally snorted his Marcus. Exactly. Okay, continue. Move it. <laughs> so it's the main character is Bloom, and she is a newly discovered fairy who has two completely mortal parents. And it's they're like, well, maybe she's got fairy blood somewhere distant in her family line. So she's kind of recruited to go to this school for fairies, a la Harry Potter. And she's taught to or she learns to use her magic. She, of course, is a fire fairy. And the way that the fairies fire or the way that the fairies magical abilities are broken up, they're broken up by elements. So you've got like fire, water, electricity, mind, earth, um, just just all the, it ranges the gamut. Mm-hmm. And she's discovering how to use her powers and falling in love with a boy and the boy's taken. So now there's like a love triangle and then there's bad guys who infect people and it, there's a lot going on, but it is still kind of like a teen drama. Sounds salacious. So, I mean, there's only like six episodes in the first season. I'll probably finish the season. We'll see how it goes and where it where it ends. Um, but Greg, I think you're right. I think your wife would be all over this show. So I got to keep that quiet until I'm going to be busy. <laughs> I I already texted her. Oh, nice. oh no! Watching. Can you just send, couldn't you just send naked pictures to her instead, please? Oh, I did that too. I did okay. that too. She's just waiting for you to get done. Like, come on. So the the verdict is still out on it. I will say, though, I will say, though, that one of the characters, uh, aside from Bloom, who's a redhead, uh, one of the characters, aside from the main character, Bloom, is just absolutely delightfully awkward. (laughs) All right. She's she's a a fairy who lacks a little bit of self-confidence, and she, like, starts to fall for this other boy, and... She's very delightfully awkward. That's Tara. So I, like I, I, like I, said, like I said, I'm not too far into it. I'll probably finish the season just to see where it goes and d- determine from that point whether or not I want to continue following it or not. Well, give us an update on on how it wraps up the season. <laughs> Will do. Will do. Now, I think the the last topic we have here is going to be. There's probably going to be some discussion here on this one. There's going to be some discussion, and it's going to continue through, I think, until the series wraps up in March. Yeah. So we're talking about WandaVision. Yes. Started on January 15th, 2021 on Disney+. Plus. It is starring Elizabeth Olsen, who, uh, of course, Jimmy put sister of Mary-Kate and Ashley. I had no Uh, idea. Oh, really? Oh, no, she is. I no, I had no idea. Uh, so she, of course, plays uh, Wanda or the Scarlet Witch, and Paul Bettany, who is uh, both Vision and uh, I always forget the name of the voice that Tony Stark is always talking to. Uh, Jarvis, Jarvis <laughs> is the husband of Jennifer Connelly, which I didn't know that actually. I didn't know that either. Uh. So the synopsis is living idealized suburban lives, superpowered beings, Wanda and Vision begin to suspect that everything is not what it seems. Yeah. Now, when the trailer came out with this, it showed a black and white, very, was it 50s style sitcom look? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very and, uh, It's like, okay, that's interesting. What are they going to be doing? What are they doing with this show? Uh, the other things that I knew going into it was, you know, Vision... Uh, so here's your spoiler. Vision not alive anymore, if I remember correctly. Right? Doesn't Vision he... is, in fact, not alive, as he was one of the ones who was not brought back at the end of Endgame. Yeah. Um, so but... very... Yeah. So, what do you guys think about this? It's very, you know, very black and white, very set in the 50s, and it's got that 50s sitcom yeah. look and laugh track. It is. It is not... 
black and white for very long. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, two full episodes minus a few spot color bits. Right. The, they get two episodes in before they add the color in. And I think that was probably just a nod to the genre that they were going for with the with the intended use of the of the color I want to say exaggeration but that's not the word it's I'm looking it's for. Spot color or a the, few. Well, they, just the, the prominence, the where where it sticks out. Yeah, uh, red. There's they use red on for blood and then there's a helicopter that's red and yellow that has color and I think that's it in the first two episodes. Yes. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. Uh, the third episode, which just came out this past week, mm-hmm. was set in the, I guess it's the 60s, right? But it's... The 60s or 70s? It's, it's very the, Brady Bunch. It's yeah. supposed to be like the Brady Bunch, which was the late 60s, early 70s. Okay. Um, I didn't realize Brady Bunch only ran for five years. Seems like it had been on forever. But my it show, was... I hated that show. But yeah, it's very, very Brady Bunch now. There's obviously something more sinister here, and you, we can guess a million things. It's, I'm assuming it's one of those. Disney Plus is really good by giving you that hook, so there's mm-hmm. just enough stuff to be like, okay, we know something weird is going on here. Yep. I need to keep. I need to watch next week, even if you don't love the '50s style or the '70s style. Um, there's obviously something sinister. You hear craziness coming through a radio. You can tell that there's certain people that are trying to tell them something but aren't or told not to yep mm-hmm. <laughs> um there's lots and lots of hooks into the marvel universe you, know, you see hydra you see uh sword yep you see sword which is the like shield is for things going on on earth and sword is supposed to be like the protecting the earth from the government body protecting the earth from like alien invasions mm-hmm uh, you see mentions of like Strucker, and there's they mention Sokovia, they mention Hydra. And... Yeah, I love the uh, Hydra commercials. Those are probably my favorite thing about this series, like the bathtub one, which is good. Yeah, um, Monica Rambeau is in it, mm-hmm. and she is uh, good, and she is the little girl in Captain Marvel. Yep, but she's uh, the actress Tayona Paris is already cast in Captain Marvel 2. So that's your tie into Captain Marvel 2. And it's really who, interesting. Who is it that Monica Rambeau becomes? She becomes Captain Marvel in the comics. Oh, okay. Or Marvel Girl, maybe? I don't know. It's it's a weird era. I believe she becomes Captain Marvel in the comics. Um, But I think it's because the other Car- Captain Marvel just starts going by Carol Danvers. Mm. Okay. After there's a situation involving Rogue, and this is not that kind of podcast. Captain Marvels. I hated the first two episodes. Did you? I hated them. Why? I was like, man, Why you- I'm not going to be able to make it. Like, this isn't... I just... I, I was waiting for the, the shtick to end. Uh, based on some of the trailers, I... I, I kind of expected this. Not all the trailers showed black and white the whole time. I expected this to kind of have a stay tuned type field where they jump into different television shows or different themes, different eras. I was really hoping for that. I'm like, if this whole thing stays in the 50s and they're doing that, oh, gee, by golly, gosh, thing the whole time, I'm going to get real bored of this real quick. Well, but... But also, I mean, I knew it wasn't going that way in the first episode because in the first episode they had that really unsettling scene. The I don't know if you know the one I'm talking about. There's a couple. The beekeeper or the radio? Neither. Oh. What? For me, the unsettling scene in that episode was the dinner party. Oh, where the guys like where the person gets locked into the saying the same thing over and over again? Yes. And She's it's it the the actress who played the part of that role was phenomenal, by the way. And that's the mom from the 70s show. That she 70s is, show? I'm convinced she was born in the wrong era because <laughs> she she plays like 70s, 60s, 50s moms so well. Yeah, it was so well. But there was there was this scene where her oh, husband I know what you're talking about. is choking 
And she's like, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. But she's got this smile on her face because she's supposed to think that he's choking, but it's kind of like she's being forced to smile. And at one point she looks over at Wanda and she's got this forced smile, but her eyes are like crying. Yeah. And mm. it's, it's just so creepy. And she's like, stop it. Stop it. And, and all it, it, it was just such a weird mix of emotions on her face at once. It was amazing how she pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were little. And made it completely believable. Yeah, it was good, and it was there's that there's there's little things that I love throughout this that like because I don't like the that 50s style either, mm-hmm. and w- you know one of the things that when YouTube first became popular or maybe kind of the second round of YouTube popularity there was that thing where they would take out the laugh tracks of shows like mm-hmm. Friends or something like that and it would made them all seem like complete assholes or like psychopaths. Yeah, and every ever since then i hear the laugh track and it i catch the pattern of it especially when it's on stuff that's like not particularly funny so like i caught i could the laugh track was kind of giving me like a pattern that i that was driving me a little nuts in it mm-hmm. um yep. in fact i don't think i've watched anything with the laugh track since then no i watched a uh, big bang theory but i try to like i don't try to avoid it just i don't, i can't deal with laugh tracks anymore um is that why you won't watch your sex tape yes oh it's very weird that there was an audience for that <laughs> it wasn't an audience it was just a laugh track that i just put rob. in yeah um so is that it, this reminded me it had like little elements of a lot of things that i really liked there was like the those radio sequences which kind of in a way reminded me of uh incredibles 2 the the sla- the screen slaver guy just the the way the video was the it reminded me of that it reminded me of course pleasantville you can't really miss that with the spot color stuff um even that show we watched recently with the the british like x-files comedy show we just watched which i don't remember the name of it of course truth seekers? uh yes truth seekers like the the thing in the basement that was like a radio system that was like oh, yeah kind of part of the plot. like just a little bit of that but you know there's a, a big part of me that thinks this is a completely made-up reality that's um and that's just from knowing the history oh, of the scarlet witch that's exactly what it, it at least that's the impression that i've got and that well, she's kinda, in, good and that she's in complete control of it yeah the, like there's really two ways you can go with it it's either the government realized that she is really powerful and is kind of putting her through this to like keep her trapped like a i'll say truman show thing but without people watching or she is so messed up from vision dying that she made this reality for herself. And that's honestly, that's what I think it is. And all the people that we're seeing are attempts to break through into her little pocket reality mm-hmm. to try and, because they're, and, and that's w- with the radio going, Wanda, who is doing this to you? Wanda. And it's Wanda doing it to herself. She is in complete control of, because I mean, she like rewinds time at one point or at a couple of points, actually. Mm-hmm. She's having a conversation with Vision. She doesn't like the answer that he gives. She rewinds and and has him give a different answer. And I'm like, okay, so she's completely in control at this point. And honestly, I mean, where I see it going, I, I think I'm only three episodes in. Well, that's all they've released. Okay. I didn't, I don't know what day they come out. So I wasn't sure. Friday. I think it's like oh, Mandalorian. Okay, so three episodes in, and I'm already like, okay, this is taking us directly to Doctor Strange 2. Yeah, I I have a feeling that this is going to link directly to Doctor Strange 2, because what I think is going to happen is at the end, she's going to realize that she's in this pocket dimension, but doesn't want to give up and come back to reality with what she's got in her pocket dimension, a la Vision and now her two kids. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think at some point she's going to try and merge her pocket dimension with reality. And that's what's going to cause the universe of madness that Dr. Strange is going to have to come fix because isn't, isn't Dr. Strange like the Sorcerer Supreme supposed to be like the protector of our reality or something. Basically doing the job that, uh, that what's her face was doing in the first Dr. Strange movie went before like the bald woman uh, Mm -hmm. before she like got offed. Um, yeah so in the in the comics of with like the scarlet witch is very very powerful 
mm-hmm. and a little bit nuts at times. And there's a couple of like key stories, which they may or may not be referencing here. Uh, one of which is a story. Uh, I think it's called Avengers disassembled where the Avengers are somehow just getting attacked again and again and again. It's a really good story. Cause it's one of the street level stories. I've always liked mm-hmm. that where like, you know, Batman has to fight all of his villains in a row. This is like all of these Avengers villains are like attacking the mansion. And then they, and like Hawkeye gets killed, a bunch of stuff happens. And then you realize it's actually Scarlet Witch having a mental break. And you realize that because all of a sudden these villains that have been long thought dead start appearing. And so it's Scarlet Witch having this major mental break. The reason she's having a mental break is because she finds out that her children are just a figment of her imagination and her powers. So she loses her mind. Oh. There's another story, I think it's attached to it, called The House of M, where Scarlet Witch gets pissed off. And this, there's more that happens, obviously, but gets pissed off and is upset at mutants. So she says no more mutants and basically wipes out half of the mutant population on Earth. Like, they're still alive, but they just don't have their powers anymore. She needs to chill out. Yeah. Um, so that's like the comic attachment. I did want to give, an, you mentioned really good actress. Um Elizabeth Olsen always gets put in that that kind of downtrodden, angsty kind of role. Uh, she's great as a comedic actress in this. Like, I think I thought she was one like awesome in the '50s style and in the '70s style. She she and, has very good timing for the yeah excellent that's actress. yeah exactly the comic timing, the knowing when to be like bubbly and knowing when to be serious and whatever. Um, she's excellent. I love the hell out of the magic show sequence. Yes. <laughs> yep. The magic show with the, um, very the obvious vision, uh, infinity stone on the outside of the box. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think that, you know, if, if she is not long for the Marvel universe for whatever reason, which she clearly has a role coming up, but, um, this could be a vehicle for her to kind of take it to the, the next level above the, Oh, my sisters were famous twins kind of thing. So I really rock hope on. that somewhere in here they're in a full house setting. <laughs> and <laughs> one of the kids says, You got it, dude. You got it, dude. I can see that. That's that was like a night court where you get that stupid laugh track with a <laughs> I want that. And and a and a slow pan to the camera where she just stares into the camera. And then turns away. Maybe a Seinfeld esque episode. I'm digging it, especially after. Wasn't wasn't there a wasn't there a fourth wall breaking moment in one of these episodes? Didn't somebody stare directly at the camera after they said something? Yes, there was. I think it was. It was her. Was it her? I think in episode three there was one. I have to look at it. Look, but yeah, I think so. So I think that takes us through our episode today, gentlefolk. I think it will. Well, wait, did we give our thoughts? Any recommendations as far as WandaVision? Uh, watch the hell out of it. I uh, well, I... I you go ahead. I didn't... Think, I was going to say, I didn't think Jimmy was as enamored with it as we were. Well, I, I said I wasn't. I wanted to hear Jimmy's impression. Yeah, I wasn't. No, the first two episodes, I was ready to just kind of put it to bed. I was ready to say if I lost my access to um, to Disney+, Plus. I, I wouldn't wake up on Fridays and go, oh, God, I'm missing WandaVision. Uh, I, I'm still not to that point. However, after the third episode, I am I'm really digging it. So the third episode brought you back? It did. It, okay. It, it didn't bring me back. It brought me in. And it, it for okay. me, took that long. So if you're just starting it and like Greg or well, like myself, you're like, oh, I'm not well, digging this 50 style. When I say bring you back, I meant to Marvel. Because it's it's a Marvel product and it was pushing you away. It wasn't pushing me away from Marvel completely. It was just mm-hmm. like if I lost Disney Plus, which I don't pay for, I wouldn't have been really upset that I was missing WandaVision. Gotcha, gotcha. When the Mandalorian came back, I would have found a way. But this, you know, I'm looking forward to every week. I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. And Mm-hmm. Um, after after episode two and into episode three, now I'm I'm really kind of engaged. So, no, you're married. Mm-hmm. That's true. 
glad I didn't give up on this series because I like the way it's going. Excellent. So that will wrap up one division. Yes. Tightly. Word. So be sure to check out our next episode on Monday, which is going to be our side B episode. And we will talk about a bad movie. A bad movie. A one of those eighties sexploitation movies, I believe is what, what I'm going to call it. But the movie is called Microwave Massacre. It's it's pretty bad. And of course, we'll talk about our Give Me Five question of the week. So if you would like to reach out to us, maybe submit a top five list or talk to us, ask us to review something, tell us that Greg is kind of weird looking. You know, you can find us at... Or, or me. <laughs> you know. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod, or you can email us directly, Give Me Five Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can go right to our website, GiveMeFivePodcast.com. There is some new stuff up on the podcast. You might want to go, or up on the website, you might want to go check it out. Yep. And as always, if you have the opportunity, please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're using. It helps us it helps us stand out. It helps other people find us. Greg is threatening to kill me, so I might need witnesses. But it, re- it really helps us out. So join our Patreon t- today and watch That's Greg kill Rob. There you go. Or you alternately, you can also find any of that cool Give Me Five podcast merchandise that you've been looking for. There are some pretty cool designs up there. My favorite is still the G.I. Joe one. I still like the farts one. That one's pretty good, too. I get compliments on that one, too, when I wear it. They're like, oh, that's funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> we are. I saw I saw an Airwolf logo the other day that I'm like, we should totally turn that into a Give Me Five podcast. <laughs> we should do that. Let's do it. Jimmy, make it happen. We'll do it. Look out for our new Airwolf-inspired logo on merchandise at the Give Me Five store soon. Thank you guys so much for listening. Good morning. Good afternoon and good night. I am the Hampton Roads Ham Tickler, and I'm joined by the Jacksonville Butt Baby. (laughs) No, Butt Babies don't live. And the Monroeville Manhandler. Was that offensive? (laughs) Apparently, because it froze Jimmy. And it was so offensive, it froze Jimmy. Sadly, Jimmy, you're going to have to do that announcement again because you froze. Midway through the announcement. For being that, there's something going on in my house. I'm not sure what, but... uh, Sounds like a Mario Kart battle to the death. Oh, there is a Mario Kart battle to the death going on downstairs. That's what it is. Yeah. My wife is a ferocious Mario Kart player. And my child is a ferocious Exploding Kittens player. He has gotten into that recently.